This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends new cartridges before you run out. So you never have to think about ink. For details, visit hp.com slash instant ink Spotify. Conditions apply. Hello everyone, and welcome to Chapter Tactics, your 40k podcast which focuses on playing warmer 40k competitively at all levels of the game. I'm your host, Petey Pob, and with me in the boiling, boiling hot California sun, I have Mr. Reese Richard Robbins. Hello. Uh, Mr. Jeff, the living custodes Robinson. Hello. And Sean, abuse puppy. I'm the not unabused that hot. actual I'm just puppy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just chilling in the, the mild Oregon pre-summer here. Yeah, well, we're dying in a combined 300 plus degrees Fahrenheit weather. <laughs> I learned my lesson living in Florida. Ooh. Uh, okay, guys. So for today's episode, we're going to be talking about our summer, summer tournament schedules and lists. Uh, I figured with the hype coming in from all the tournaments that are going to be happening over the summer, uh, and a lot of our schedules are going to be pretty jam-packed starting pretty much now this month um i'd like to get to talk i'd like to get in here to talk about jeff to talk to jeff reese and sean about what we're going to be doing this summer uh jeff has a ton of great tournaments he's attending so does reese i am attending a lot of tournaments i've I'm actually committed for more tournaments than i've ever been committed for um which is kind of interesting normally i don't like to commit this far ahead but um looking forward to it and of course sean also travels to tons of tournaments mm-hmm. every year so if you're looking for either a tournaments that you'd like to attend, marquee events to plan your summer around, or if you're looking for general tournament knowledge, or if you're looking for uh, meta analysis and list analysis from players who are planning on attending and trying to do well at large events, this episode is for you. Uh, before we get on to that, <clears throat> we're also going to talk about some tournament coverage and one quick topic right at the end of the introduction. Uh, if you guys hear fan noise... So sorry, we've all got fans blazing. I'm going to do my best to clear it up in post, uh, though I don't want to clear it up too much because then it will start clipping um, as people talk lower and lower. So uh, if you're fan noise, sorry, it's just boiling hot. We're Californians. We're weak. So for those of you Arizonians and in the desert, don't laugh at us too much. If you're listening in Mordor. Before we go on, this episode was brought to you by... (laughs) (laughs) Um, If you're listening... If you're listening... uh, Blah, blah, blah. First, this episode is brought to you by Frontline Gaming, uh, the Boise Cup, the Throne of War GT, and of course, you beautiful, beautiful patrons. The lights would not be on without you guys. And of course, 
Every month we give away something new to the patrons. This month, I haven't decided what it's going to be yet. It's a toss-up between a set of contrast paints. Um, depending on how expensive mm. they are, I don't know um, what I'll be able to get my hands on. They're also all completely sold out through GW. Uh, so I don't know how many I'll be able to get my hands on. So contrast paints or uh, swag that I steal from tournaments this weekend. Um, or win, but let's be honest, I'm not going to win anything, so most likely steal. Uh, so there's some really cool stuff that some tournaments have planned this week, this month. Uh, like, for example, the Throne of War GT. Really awesome dice, deployment zone dice. You just roll the die, and boom, that's the deployment zone you're playing. They're really cool, if you guys haven't seen them already. Uh, so that'll be this month's patron. <clears throat> and then that's it. So, quick topic. Uh, I, a lot of you guys have been asking, not lately, but in the past, about a Kill Team episode. So I just wanted to kind of reach out a little bit to the community uh, Sean, Jeff, Reese, I, I, know, I know you guys don't play a lot of Kill Team, but do you have any experience with people who do play Kill Team, or maybe you yourselves maybe tried it? Yeah, you should um, uh, reach I've out to... i played it a bit. Uh, oh, go ahead, Reese. Yeah, I'm sorry, I think there's a delay um, from the time I speak to the time you hear me. I'll try to work around it. But uh, reach out to the Kill Team stream and Kill Team Academy gentlemen, and we work with them all the time, and they're like super experts nice. uh, on the hmm. topic. <clears throat> yep so uh it's just been really interesting and then of course uh, shane watts at the bay area open um decided that he wanted to play kill team at the bao uh so he bought some items from the secondhand store kind of just put together a ragtag kill team um for really cheap by the way i think it was like around 50 dollars for like a full kill team went to the kill team event the bao and got second place uh he beat the like their version of nick navadi like i guess a really good player who travels and to events and does really well and he beat them with an with a kill team that he bought at the store secondhand, um, which I think is just funny. What faction? Uh, I think it was Space Marines. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it was Space. <laughs> it was an Imperium faction. Um, <clears throat> but yeah. I, so uh, if you guys want to hear a little bit more about Kill Team, um, I've been kind of more and more interested in it. Uh, but you know, just wanted to see what you guys think. Uh, and also, you can also go to the secondhand store for awesome deals like that if you're looking for a quick model that you need that's painted. Maybe not the best assembled model in the world, but you need it for a tournament. You can always buy it from our secondhand store. We'll get it to you at a discount, and you'll be able to run it at an event. <clears throat> All right. I personally don't play Kill Team because it's I'm very satisfied and fulfilled with Warhammer Forty Thousand, and any time away from that kind of for me is not time well spent just because I'm really busy. But that's just me. Um, all the feedback I hear from like people in the community and people that talk. And I just as a person that wants Warhammer to do well, obviously, Kill Team's incredible. Its its barrier to entry is very low. It is a great taste of 40k, and like you said, you can buy it pretty inexpensively and get in and, and be competitive. And that's just absolutely amazing. So mm -hmm. I don't have any like I don't like it or something like that. It's more of a just like that's really cool, but it's not for me kind of thing. And I just hear good stuff. Right on. Yeah, those those Kill Team starter boxes are fantastic. <clears throat> All right. So, tournament coverage. We have four events that we're going to talk about. And also, 40K Stat Center is going to premiere this week. So we are not going to go dive in, into every single list. Um, we're going to let that coverage kind of go on to the Stat Center team. However, I did pick four interesting talking points about each of these events. Uh, and there were obviously a lot more than four events that happened this weekend. These are kind of the, the four biggest slash kind of interesting events that I picked out. Um, so the first event I wanted to talk about, and the first list I wanted to talk about, uh, was the Beef and Wing Brawl. Um, mm -hmm. 
up in Canada, Mr. TJ Lanigan did win this event, although we're not going to talk about his list, though he did bring Light Lord Terminators, which is pretty cool. But I want to talk about Mr. Nick Nanavati. Uh, this is his second event in 30 days up in Canada. Uh, the first being the um, championships that, uh, whose name escapes me, just happened. Um, anyways, so um, <clears throat> he's going, he, he brought his Gene Sitter Colt list, he switched it up, um, and it is as Sean called it. Uh, Muscle Beach. Can't take credit for the name, but I love it. (laughs) It's great. Uh, And the reason why we call it Muscle Beach is because it has a Patriarch, a Primus, three units of Brood Brothers, and then 20 Aberrants and an Exos in one Twisted Helix Battalion. Uh, Patriarch, Primus, 19 Acolytes and 15 Acolytes uh, in a four-armed Emperor Battalion with a unit of Brood Brothers thrown in there. Uh, and then and a Keller Morph, and then a Supreme Command Detachment with the new hot model of the season, uh, Tank Commander with a Battle Cannon and Heavy Bolters. Uh, and that's that's the list. Three, I'm sorry, three of them, not one. A Supreme Command Detachment with three Tank Commanders with Battle Cannons and Heavy Bolters. So a couple um, notes on this tournament that's really interesting. Um, it's another one where Nick Nottabody, Jim Vessel and TJ Lanigan all went to, amongst other great players, it's not like it's just these three guys, it was a very stacked tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's worth noting that Jim Vessel once again did lose. He ended up actually losing by one point to Nick Nottabody and this list, which I am fascinated by. Um, there's a lot of, I, I think it's an incredible matchup, obviously, just two of the best players in the whole world battling, but also their lists are really cool, right? It's not like Nick or Jim, I mean, Jim's been running the same list, but Nick doesn't take a list that's like, a one-trick pony, right? He's always been a player that is an incredible general and relies on having tools against most things and will just kind of outplay you. That's it's always been the way it has been. But what a matchup, right? Like, the Keller Morph has some really mm-hmm. sick targets. That's great. But Aberrants, mostly hitting into demon units. So, sure, they'll, they'll mulch up things like um, the Bloodletters and Pinks, maybe. But against the Plague Bearers, they're not great. Uh, it's a terrible target for them for the most part. Uh, they'll do damage, don't get me wrong, but they can also just get stuck in there. And then all the targeted smites, all the smites on the characters, yes, you do have Lookout Surge, essentially, for the Gene Circle, but it's on four pluses for most of those guys, so a lot of stuff can get through. Um, but I just I'm, And then the tank commanders, I have to think, are like absolute dead weight in that matchup, uh, but yet Nick was able to pull it out by one point, so it was an absolute amazing matchup, and, and uh, it was not streamed, unfortunately. I guess the end of it was kind of streamed, on the tabletop thing that Nick does, the pyramid scheme, whatever that is. And <laughs> um, yeah, that was just amazing. But I guess the other note for me, sorry, I'm sidetracking a little bit. We can talk about the list no, in a second. But like TJ Lanigan winning again. Okay. So yeah. he's running a very similar list to Jim Vessel. And let's, let's dip into Blood of Kittens just a little bit. Let's get TMZ on this. Uh, Sean and I have an up-and-coming show. Where we, it's called Tea Time with Sean and Jeff, and it's we're going to do only the drama of the scene. <laughs> yeah. But, oh, man. yeah, we're splitting off. I'm sorry, Pablo. I didn't yeah, sorry, Pablo. Like oh, this, that's okay. But... You'll just be hosting yourself eventually. But, um, <laughs> TJ Lanigan is on Team Canada, and the, the hot word is that Jim Vessel will not be on that because they run very, very similar lists, yeah. which a lot of times for teams, one guy will acquiesce to the other and kind of be like, okay, yeah, you can run this. And I'll, I'm a good enough general to run something else, right? Well... They're being very hush about it. It's not, you know, they're Canadian, so they're being mega polite, right? They're just like, yeah, yeah, you can't come on the team. So sorry. Maybe next time, you know, of course. Um, But the speculation is that it's something to do with the fact that, you know, TJ Lanigan 
has beaten Jim Vessel and is running that list, and one of the two guys is not willing to move. So Jim Vessel stepped down. He's not on the team. Oh, I uh, love that. This is another <laughs> tournament where TJ Lanigan and Jim Vessel attended, and TJ Lanigan once again comes out on top. Yep. So yeah. if you're looking for a really good player, free agent, for your ETC team, <laughs> yeah, T- Jim Vessel, along with Nick Notavati, uh, maybe joining T- UK team, the, Eng- the English Nick's team? Nick's on a team already. I think he's announced uh, he, for UK. He's, he? Yeah, he's on UK, but, you know, I mean, if one of the guys in the UK drops and they pull Jim on, I don't know how many, I, don't, I know there's a limit to how many players you can, mercenaries you can have on your team, but um, anyways, I love I love that drama. Thanks for that tidbit, Jeff. Yeah. <clears throat> it'll it'll be super interesting to see where where they both end up at the end of the year. Um, but going back to this matchup, um, I, I think you pretty much said what I was going to say. I would love to be a fly on the wall oh, yeah. and watch Nick and uh, Jim play that game. Um, the cool thing about these lists is, and and there's a lot of lists that are kind of sprouting up that are similar to it in, in the fact that they have a lot of bodies, they have some big some big vehicle shooters, but it's mostly just bodies and characters roaming all around the board and kind of like doing a bunch of stuff. Um, they're really hard to play. Uh, mm-hmm. I think, well, Reese, Reese, um, I'll, I'll let Reese talk about this. Cause, cause I think he, he talked about it the best, um, but Reese played a list similar to Jim Vessel, or I think it was the carbon copy of Jim Vessel's list this weekend. And um, Reese, do you want to tell everyone a little bit about that? Uh, yeah, I played, um, pretty much a copy of the list with my guard, uh, pure Astro Militarum army. And um, uh, to be fair, my opponent, he never rolled a one on any morale check, which is a big deal. Um, and as I've been told, Jim, it gets pretty lucky with that and uh, hits it more frequently. But um, uh, my guard list is geared up to kill a lot of infantry. And uh, I just, I, I chewed through all the bodies in three turns, like not with not a ton of, of difficulty by turn four there was only 10 uh, pinks left uh, and like i think one or two characters so it's i like i was talking to frankie today i was like jim must be a really good player because um a gear a good like a really geared up shooting army can just blow through um those troops without too much difficulty so um he, he must just be really that good yeah Reese, and- did you say pure guards that what you said yeah pure guard you have uh, 340 <laughs> points of some pretty baller dudes in that list, brother? No, it's Pure Guard. Is a oh, you list. son of a bitch. <laughs> I, have a, I, have a, I take three of the specialist attachments. It's a Katachin Infantry Company, Cadian Artillery Company, Talarn Tank Company. Uh-huh. And, um, yeah, it's, it's really yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that um, when we talk about our, our lists and our summer plans. Um, but back to this, the, the point I wanted to make was, was that I, I was thinking – what if Reese had played Jim? Um, would the outcome have been exactly the same? Um, would Jim have just crushed Reese? Uh, and so, you know, a word of caution for those of you who are buying all these models. And I, I see you. I, I'm selling out on acolytes and infantry squads and aberrants and plague bearers and pink horrors and demon princes. Like, you know, like, so you guys are buying them up. Um, be careful when you run these lists. It, it's very, very easy to throw a ton of money into this list and then just get completely blown out because of mistakes. Right. So, um, you know, they're, they're really high ceiling, low floor lists. And, uh, I just wanted to point that out. Um, you know, so any lists like this that you see doing really well with low, low toughness bodies relies on characters. Um, you, you want to be expert with your movement level. And that's why guys like Nick Navadi and Jim Vessel do so well. Oh, all right. Moving on to 
Terracon. Uh, Terracon was a very large event. Happened out in Australia, and I wanted to talk a little bit about Stuart Trainer's Tyranid list. Um, now there were a, there were um, three five and O's at Terracon. Um, so no disrespect to Gabe and Michael, who also went first place, first and second place with Drukari and Tao. Uh, I want to talk about Stuart's list because he got third place, went undefeated with basically 180 Termagants, uh, old one eye, three zone throps of Venom Throp, um, and then a cult of the forearmed emperor gene steer cults attachment with a patriarch a kelomorph a locus and a sanctus um so he he brought the glorify the glorious australian horde meta list um and then just threw in three of or four of the best hqs that gene steer cult could provide and then just played a list and did really well with it um so jeff i do i do sense a mirror in in the gene steer cult list or the list that throw a bunch of hordes out and then have really good characters behind them. But this list takes it to the extreme. Is this just another Australian horde metal list? Or is this a list that people can actually bring into the ITC and, or uh, into the States and do well with it? Uh, and this was an ITC mission event. Yeah, no, it's, it's got one of the strong tenants in ITC in particular, you know, 180 fearless termagants sitting on objectives, holding probably four corners or something like that, just scoring reliably uh, all 12 points on secondaries. It's very, very good. And then the kill power of the list, obviously not super, super high, but pretty specialized. The Zoanthropes as a, as a unit can pump out a decent amount of mortal wounds. And then the characters behind that are a mixture of... Like the Sanctus with the Relic Rifle, is it can actually one-shot Psykers pretty well. And then the Synergistic... Nature of like the Gene Sir Colt powers with Terranid powers is pretty cool too. Like, if you wanted to do the Mind Bullet ability um, and you cast Horror on somebody, it becomes that much more powerful, right? So he has access to doing that. And then Old One Eye is kind of a linebacker in the back, it's pretty funny and cool. I think a little bit of that is more like because it doesn't have much other purpose in that list, I don't think, other than he just hits like a tank and it's really fun. Uh, he's relatively inexpensive and is low wound character so you can't really target them until it's too late um but a lot of people just want to play old one eye because it's a badass model it's a really cool guy and in this list it does make sense for sure um it's really fun and it's cool that he went 5-0 uh it does have bad matchups like anything else but i think any codex that's like pre-dark eldar you're going to kind of just hear that except for eldar for the most part and um some other stuff that got some more updates but it's fun it's nice to see a list like that do well and i do kind of like this like weird side story we have of weird lists doing well in Australia. And then it starts up this like slightly offensive conversation where some people are like, well, I mean, Australia can do well. Then the Australians are like, mate, we're good down here too. And we're like, well, <laughs> Grey Knights won. How good can you be? And they're like, son of a bitch. You know, like, kind of pisses them off. It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah. It, so it looks like Sean dropped, but uh, uh, hold on. So, I, so uh, Reese, if you ran up into this list, um, how would you feel playing a list like this? Do you think this is something that, that um, you would just easily steamroll off the table? Or is 180 bodies too yeah. much for you to chew up through? No, the guard guard can... like Guard just cut through T3 infantry like a hot knife through butter if you built your list correctly and have a, a pretty good idea of what you're doing. Like 180 gaunts, like the 9 Bulgren will kill half of those by the end of the game by themselves. Um, and take no damage. The, I mean, yes. it depends on the way they're playing it. The, the, it depends if, if they're using uh, caustic blood. That's going to be the best 
bet to take on a unit like the Bulgan, just try and kill him with attrition through mortal wounds, but a double shooting wyvern with uh, overlapping fields of fire, twin linked, is you know it's stuff like that. It's gonna kill a, like two units a turn. Um, the Punisher tank commander is gonna kill at least one unit a turn. I, I don't think it would be very difficult, honestly. But you you never know. Um, not to put anyone down, uh, but I, I would I would be licking my chops if I saw that list across the table. <laughs> um. <clears throat> All right, so uh, let's go ahead and move on to the next tournament, uh, the Hooded Goblin GT, which, um, in addition to <laughs> having the coolest name this weekend, um, had uh, Skari from Scardcast got first place, 6-0 and with Drukari. And then I wanted to talk about a uh, the second place list. Um, Mr. Josh Death was running a Space Marine list. It was actually an Imperium list, a multi-faction Imperium list, because he had a, a unit or a, a detachment of four assassins, one of each assassin. So, um, an execution force, but it, w- it was mostly space Marines. Um, and so he had brought a uh, librarian and Phobos armor, uh, Pedro Cantor, two big units of intercessors, so two units of 10 intercessors and one unit of five intercessors. And this was an Indominus Crusaders Vigilist Defiant detachment. And then he had a second Imperial Fist detachment. So he had one Crimson Fist, one Imperial Fist, and the Imperial Fist were a captain, a librarian, three scouts with sniper rifles, uh, one tactical squad. So two scout squads of sniper rifles, one tactical squad, an apothecary, and then a large unit of centurion devastators with two heavy bolters and the hurricane bolter, and then a drop pod um, to put. I, I think the tactical squad has a melt gun in it, so to probably drop that down and melt to something. Uh, also, drop pods do take up a bunch of space now because of the FAQ. Um, so <laughs> I know I've, I've been playing around with one single drop pod list too, and I kind of like the idea of just a, a giant footprint. But um, anyways, uh, th- this is a very very interesting list. Uh, Breeze, you're in love with these Centurion Devastators with the two heavy bolters. Um, do you want to talk yeah, about? Yeah, they're they're so good. Do you want to talk about why they're so good in Imperial Fists? Well, the Imperial Fist one, where you take the detachment from Vigilist that lets them do like ludicrous amounts of damage um, against ve- vehicles and buildings. So if if you're in a meta where those are prevalent targets, it's a really good choice. Um, technically, like just in a general sense, taking him with Bobby G and Ultramarines list is better because it's really easy to tag him, and the ability to leave combat and still shoot is huge. And then, of course, G-Man giving you reroll hits and wounds makes them their damage output is just it's insane. Yeah, it's like 108 shots. It, it's crazy. Um, yeah, it's 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 crazy. And then uh, on top of that, the, so with the Crimson Fists, you can do a lot of unique things with the. Uh, with the Crimson Fist and Dominus Crusaders detachment. Um, for example, you can give the Intercessor squads uh, Rapid Fire 2, and then with the Bolter Drill and the Crimson Fist chapter tactic, they can uh, they get plus one to hit when shooting things that are bigger than them. I think two. I, I think it's like ten models. It's two, to, two one. to one. Yeah, twice if I as big as them. Yeah, it's two to one. Um, which you know, in, in this meta, I think there's going to be a lot of like twenty model units and stuff. And you'll also lose Intercessors too, so they kind of get more efficient as more uh squads die which is also kind of fluffy i really like that um and they they explode on fives to hit for more shots and then there's you know it's already a lot of shots if you're at 30 inch range and you haven't moved it's uh i can't math right now 120 shots no rapid fire two, sixty shots my bad so it's really good yeah they're great the 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 I'm surprised more people don't use them. To be to be frank, I mean, 
the biggest difficulty is maneuvering them because they're slow and they have a big footprint. But um, again, if you're playing Ultramarines, it's not even that big of a deal if someone touches you in combat because you just back up and shoot anyway with a minus one penalty. Hmm. Pedro Cantor lets you infiltrate them essentially, right? Is that so what he does? No. No, Pedro gives you plus one attack. Oh, that's it? Yeah, I mean, with the vet, it, it, yeah, that's it. But um, with the veteran squad, well, Pedro is excellent for the points. You get quite a bit out of him. But yeah, he gets plus one attack and then um, two up armor save. And uh, he has another rule. I just I'm huh. forgetting it off something the top of against my head. orcs probably. I, yeah, that may be it. But uh, it's it's all good. I can't remember off the top. Yeah. Of um, so Pedro doesn't, uh, you know, he gives the plus one attack. He doesn't bring a ton, but he is a like reset a cheaper chapter master. Um, yeah. So, yeah. so uh, and, and I love the librarian in Phobos armor uh, in that list too. And this is just a really interesting kind of cagey list with the four assassins and, and all the, all the heavy shooting. Um, I don't think it'll do so well if, if it runs it runs into like four knights, um, just because he doesn't really have a lot. He just has two melty guns um, to kill four knights, and although he does have a lot of shooting, probably can't kill a knight a turn. So. Interesting list I just wanted to talk about. Um, moving on to SlagCon, I wanted to talk about Christopher... Well, <laughs> uh, it's got two 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 people I want to talk about. Uh, the first is, real quick, Alex Harrison is running uh, Lord Discordance and a Chaos list now. So he's kind of hopped on the Jim Vessel train of uh, running a billion Chaos infantry bodies, uh, Aramon Demon Princes, uh, and then the he backs them all up with the three Lord Discordance. With the uh, Mark of Slanesh and the Flawless Host, so it's a uh, they're really really good. Obviously, it's just a twist. Um, this wasn't an ITC event. I imagine it was probably an ETC event, uh, considering it was in the UK. Uh, Denmark. And then, uh, Denmark. Excuse me. Sorry. In Europe. It was at one point in the UK. To be fair. <laughs> uh, and then uh, <clears throat> Christopher Nyrup went got a fourth place with Sisters of Battle. Um, so I just wanted to give you Sisters players a little hope. Uh, he had uh, Knight Crusader, so Imperium Mixed Faction Detachment uh, with a Canonist, uh, two Canonists and Celestine, whole bunch of Battle Sisters with a mix of Heavy Bolters and Flamers, uh, and then three Dominion Squads with Storm Bolters, three Exorcists, and three Immolators. Uh, Jeff, you played Sisters at the BAO, and weren't they one of your closer games? Yeah, absolutely. They are They're just so different from everything else that you face, and it's still, you know, they're kind of getting slow rolled out right now, and you're not playing against many people that have them. Uh, and like I said at the time, my opponent did a really fantastic job of explaining everything to me, so it's not like I was caught completely off guard. It's just that they move pretty fast, they hit fairly hard, they're kind of surprisingly resilient. So there's a lot of those kind of elements that you find in a lot of my lists, actually, but to face it was alarming. Yeah. All right, so that's it for the tournament coverage. If you guys want to check out more tournament coverage... Check out 40K Stat Center. It premieres this week, Wednesday morning. It'll be on FrontlineGaming.org. It'll also be in the Signals from the Frontline podcast um, in the podcast network. So check that out if you want a little bit more other than Signals from the Frontline um, or Chapter Tactics. It should be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to it. And they're going to cover everything else. They're going to cover all the lists, the stats from the weekend. They're going to have player interviews. Uh, and so if you really want the full tournament roundup, Go ahead and listen to that. It should be awesome. All right. So uh looks like we lost Sean for the rest of the episode. Hopefully he comes back in. Um, so we're going to start with Jeff now. So we, we've got a large 
tournament summer slate, a summer tournament slate coming. Um, I'm super excited for ETC, ATC, a lot of the drama, uh, Nova, whether Jeff's going to be playing or streaming or shoutcasting in it. Uh, I don't know that yet. I don't know if you know yet, Jeff. Yeah, I do. So you're going to be, are, will you be shoutcasting? Commentating. Nova? Commentating, not shoutcasting. Are they the same thing? I'm not a shoutcaster, so. I don't really, I don't care. It's, it communicates the same thing, so whatever Fair someone enough. says. All right. So with, with all with all this, uh, you know, summer hype, uh, Jeff, you're going to be playing a lot of events. I had a question for you before you talked about kind of yeah. like your what you're going on, and that's you've in the past you've talked about changing your armies frequently, and um, even like uh, a week ago you're talking about going into chaos. Um, so now after your really impressive BAO win, are you going to stick with the same list and kind of Jim Vessel it, or are you going to kind of like? switch off and, and go in a different direction like with Gene Steeler, Cold Chaos, and you've got like a billion armies, so like any one of them. Yeah, um, I first and foremost play what I think is really fun. Like, it needs to be something that I'm excited about. It's not really that I pick a list or army. Like, I never collect something because I'm like, this is going to be the best thing in the whole world. I, I pick it because it's just uh, like really cool. Like, Custodius, for instance, I got into because those models, in my opinion, are the, the coolest models. I think they're just amazing. Um, and then everything that came in afterwards obviously made them very strong. But that was kind of the initial reason I went into that. And then I'm a Terranid player and Admech and Knights and um, Gene Circles and stuff like that. It's all because I, I thought they were really, really fun and cool. But now I got into Chaos and I'm really excited about that. So this next tournament I'm going to is alongside Reese and Frankie and a bunch of other friends. It's going to be the Gentleman's Tournament in Las Vegas. They went last year, spoke very highly of it, and... Um, it's got a, I think it's going to be like 80 players or something like that, or maybe caps out at a hundred. So it's very sizable. Yeah. A lot of really good players in our area are going there. I know Don Hooson's going to be there again. And, and like I said, a bunch of teams, Euro comp and, um, the Vegas scene's quite nice as well. So it's going to be really fun there. And then later I'll be going to ATC, ETC. I'm going to go to London to defend my title in the invitational, but also play in the open. Um, we're going to go to the air. What is that? The Atlanta tournament, I guess, November. And I'm actually really fortunate up here in Northern California. There's a lot of great tournaments as well. So there's a GT the following weekend, uh, even after this, this Vegas one. And, and that's where I'll be playing. And maybe I'll add some more, but I'll also be commentating at Nova. So very, very busy. Yeah. Um, which event do you think are you the most excited about? Well, I mean, I, not to be a sucker for this, but I mean, you know, the LBO is the biggest tournament in the world, and that's that's the one you get the most excited about, even though it's in February of next year, so it's a long time <laughs> away, but it's uh, just the idea of a 800 or whatever player tournament that's sold out in like one day is just pretty exi- exciting. But if it's not that, then it's probably the London tournament. We just had, I had an absolute blast. We went with Frankie and Reese and, and uh, Nick, our buddy, and just the experience there was really good, and obviously... Um, if I do well at a tournament, I'm going to go ahead and tell you that's one of my favorites. And I did I did do well there in the Invitational, so that's really cool. The chance to go play against those Euro Bros and, and defend the title and be the American Invaders is really exciting. And I apologize. I realize I kind of got away from your initial question, which is like, what list am I taking? The, the answer is I will improve upon my custody list. Like, uh, I don't think the Moors had any purpose in there whatsoever. Um, and I can move some other points around, and but very little. It's mostly going to be the exact same. And yes, I will take that to places, but... I'm on the ETC team for America, and you can't take Forge World to the ETC, so oh. um, I've been slotted into the Chaos slot for the team, and they, we're going to kind of define our roles, but they're looking at me to be kind of the big winner, 
uh, get a lot of points kind of guy. And my list is absolutely savage and brutal right now that's being finalized. And then I'm going to start practicing and playing it. So even though ETC has a different mission set, I'm a big proponent of like still getting reps and seeing what it looks like when you cast powers and charge this and that and move things. Um, and then obviously I'll start practicing the ETC missions ASAP, but I'm going to be taking that list around to the gentlemen's tournament and locals and all that stuff. So you're going to be taking that list and just kind of like trying it out, playing other people or, or playing them in tournaments? Uh, both. So okay. I practice a lot at home and I want to take it to tournaments because tournaments is the best practice you can ask for. It's someone playing for stakes, you know, but I just want to clarify, like I was saying, it's going to be a different mission set. So it's a little bit deceiving because that is a big deal. Um, so it's not going to be like, you can't just practice for the ITC and then hope that that translates to ECC necessarily. You need to practice for the mission set of the tournament. Yeah. Uh, but I do want to get the reps in just to be more comfortable with a, a new army. Yep. That's exciting, man. Hopefully you can bring a couple more titles over to Northern California. Yeah. That's the plan. Um, yeah, we'll definitely be rooting for yeah, thanks, you, bud. Uh, all right, Reese. So you are currently undefeated while bringing Pure Guard in tournaments for the year for the addition i well i believe so i, I might be forgetting <laughs> something but i was i was sitting there and i was going out in my head i'm like if i lost a game with guard yet and i, I don't think i have because i went five and oh at the lgt i just went three and oh to rtt yesterday i went uh five and oh at the broadside bash and i was i was trying to think i was like when have i have i lost a game and i, I don't think i have um I lost the game in our league, and I believe that's the only competitive game uh, that was playing for you know point, ITC points that I've actually lost with them. Mm. So, uh, what's the what's the plan? So you've you've got uh, the gentlemen's GT next week or this weekend, which which I'll, I think we should all talk about. Uh, and then obviously we have Hawaii the week after. Um, but you are also going to the London GT and uh, the ATC as well. So are you going to stick with guard and try and remain undefeated? Um, I. I, I don't ever like worry about it. Like I basically just play whatever army is, is appealing to me at that point in time. Um, so like Jeff said, first and foremost, I just play whatever I find is fun. Um, and right now I'm really enjoying playing guard because they're good in every phase of the game. There's something interesting that they do um, in every single phase. And I find that to be extremely uh, engaging. So, but you know, in, in, in three or four months, maybe I'm, I'm, playing my corn demon army again or something like that. So, um, uh, for now, yeah, I'm going to be playing guard and, um, it's even motivated me to get some painting done, which I haven't been doing too much of lately. So, um, that's exciting, but yeah, I, I think for the, at least the summer I'll be, it'll be guard the whole way through. <clears throat> um, and I guess since Sean's not here, I guess I'll uh, fill in, um, with what I'm going to be doing. So I'm going to be attending the three GTs this month. Uh, and then I'll be going to raise GT, um, up in oh shit in, yeah I'm going to that too yeah oh yeah you're going to that too <laughs> yeah. Jeff we're all we're all going to yeah, that yeah. slaughterfest uh, so then that's uh, if you're interested in that go to um, veteran wargamers reenlisted check out their podcast uh, the slaughterfest GT is the name of the event also sorry to interrupt but the, there's only 15 tickets as left as wow. of yesterday it's it's going to be a hundred person event so make sure if you want to go make sure to get your tickets don't wait yep. um and then I'll also be tending uh, obviously the the Hammer of Wrath GT in Pasadena, uh, and then I'll just try and hit up as many RTTs as I can up in up in um, in Game Empire and out of East Games, any, anywhere we can go. Um, so those are kind of like the big ones that I'm already ready to go to. 
not not traveling to Nova or ETC or ATC or any of that this year. Although I would like to go to Nova. Um, I think at this point it would be only if I get in on the Invitational, I'd go to Nova. And I guess while we're plugging them, uh, if anybody wants to come to the SoCal Open, it is over 200 on the 40K wow. champs. And it, yeah, it's 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 going to be a, a a super major, quote unquote. So um, if it's something that you're interested in attending, I, I would highly recommend not waiting on that one. Oh, I might play in the SoCal Open too. There you go, boom. But that's not in the summer. It depends if I can get. Nope, that's not yeah, it depends if I can get someone to cover my secondhand shop shift. Um, or if you know my boss, my boss is a bit of a jerk, so he oh, rides wow. me a lot. So <laughs> I might, I might not be able to go, but we'll see. Um, and then I don't plan on running be anything beyond the Imperium list I'm currently running, which I think I really like. I've been playing a lot of really close, good games against really good lists and really good players, um, and so I feel really confident about it. It's probably the list I've gotten the most reps with so far. Uh, and then I'm still looking for that pure Space Marine list, um, that Golden Goose. Uh, there's definitely a lot of good lists, but I don't, I don't know if I found the right one yet for me. So, all right. <clears throat> uh, l- let's talk about this Gentleman's GT. So that's actually coming up this weekend. Uh, yeah. And Jeff, I imagine you're going to be running your Custodes list because it's the first one ready to go. Nope. Nope. What are you going to be running? My list is... I'll pull it up just to make sure I don't say it incorrectly. Sure. Um... So it's a mixed demons battalion. Ooh, this is actually the outdated version. Ugh. Uh-oh. Okay. Uh, Poxbringer. Contorted Epitome. A Plague Bear unit of 27 with an icon. Plague Bear unit of 27 with an icon. And then three Nerdlings. And then a mixed Supreme of Arimon. A red Corsair Sorcerer with a pack and four sword. And then we put the Master of Execution in there. Wall. Uh, Mortarian, and then a Flawless Host Supreme of Free Lord Discordance, uh, all minimum. Jeez. Let's, so so kind of similar to what Alex Harrison's running, um, no. except less bodies. No. I, I don't think you could put Mortarian in a list and not have him in a list and say it's similar. It's, oh, I didn't hear the Mortarian. You kind of broke out there. Okay, well, that makes more sense. Um, that's a really, that is a really, really in-your-face list. Yes. Uh, there's a lot of trickery in this list. It's actually super, super fun. And I kind of, I mean, I'm going to be playing it on stream tomorrow. So I think it's, I don't know. I think too many people listen to this damn podcast. So I don't know that I want to <laughs> say everything, <laughs> but I'm, I'm really excited about it. Lord Discordance is just really fun, surprisingly scary models. I found that their skill curve is actually really cool as well, because I'm not going to pretend that they're anything more than a beat stick. Like they're not, you know, this incredibly clever thing but they do reward you with with um, more intelligent play like at tough six with the two up save and only a five up invul if you just leave them out in the open all the time and they get hit by heavy hitting stuff they will just die there's just no question about it there's no there's nobody that's gonna be like no i actually find that they live through <laughs> you know uh, a castell and it's like no not really come on but if you do a better job of kind of picking their angles, knowing when to advance and still charge them with the stratagem from the, the Soul Forge pack and stuff like that, and uh, making sure they're constantly touching terrain and being obscured by it and stuff like that, you're going to get more longevity out of them. Um, obviously, it's an in-your-face kind of list, so it's, I'm not, again, I'm not going to pretend this is like Mozart's fucking Fifth Symphony over here, and I'm like, well, you know, the whole picture comes together. It's like, no, it's, it's a murder. It's a murder list. It wants to get on top of you and destroy you. <laughs> 
Um, but there's just so many ways to have different tools here. You can have Death Hex to remove invuls. The warp time is going to get the missile that is Mortarian in your face right away. And then even if you get past the, the beat sticks of the Discordance and Mortarian, I think, and this is, I, I really do feel like this will be the new meta, the Contorted Epitome with Plague Bearers is insane. It's absolutely insane. The fact that you could probably pretty reliably get your Plague Bearers to minus two, and there is a way to get them to minus three. Jeez. Um, and then have things stuck in combat with them with a Master of Execution and some guys that can smite walking around behind that. It's it's a tar pit of the tar pit of the century. It's insane. So, but there's also a lot of utility with that. So the contorted epitome can be behind the plague bearers and just fucking around there, or you can deep strike it or bring it up towards the front and have it behind the Lord Discordance and Mortarian, giving the aura of you can't leave combat unless you can pass a three d six, and then it it itself has powers. It's not bad in combat, that kind of stuff. There's just a lot of threat in this list that's really cool and different. Yeah, and <clears throat> do you, so I, I know I, this is kind of segueing a little bit away from the list, but have you ever did you ever consider looking into the um the I forgot the name of it the one that Don Houston runs with that lets you purge yes the purge because um, I know that you can also shoot into combat with units with the purge correct and then and then a um, unit can yeah a, a unit okay so it's not so it maybe maybe won't fit would you, would you ever consider running the purge in your chaos list or did that just not work for you uh, or just I a think, purge list i think list? it's definitely good don Houston's list is great but that's more of a like to me that's more of a i can do this and it's a nice thing to have as opposed to a, like i want to shoehorn this into a list because i think it's so strong hmm. um obviously there is synergy there with the plague bearers and this idea that you can shoot into what the plague bearers have stuck but i think the easier and more the more like utility idea uh, would be just to have characters that smite and have powers because they can also just smite into combat anyways. And then they can also do other things. Whereas if you have this big shooty list or unit, excuse me, very often eighth edition, that's fantastic, but it's going to die or get depleted. Right? So if your whole idea is to get someone tar pitted into plague bears, and then you're going to shoot into them with a purge. um, But that unit then goes away. Now you've been left um, without as many options. Whereas if you have characters, Sure, those characters can die, and they can get sniped and stuff like that. But you have counterplay, which I think is, for me, more uh, dynamic and interesting. Mm, okay. <clears throat> uh, so, re- so you alluded to your list a little earlier in the podcast. Um, why don't you talk about what you're bringing to the uh, the um, event, Gentleman's GT, this weekend? Yeah, and uh, just to mimic what you said earlier, it's a great event run by our friends at War Room Games. Um, and they're helping run some events at the LVO. Uh, really, really fun event. We had a blast last year. Even though I didn't do that well last year, <laughs> I still had a lot of fun. Um, I'm bringing a pure guard army. I've been, like I said, I've just been having so much fun playing them. I have a Katachan infantry battalion. Um, just a ton of bodies and uh, Strachan, a priest, nine Bolgren, all that fun stuff. And it's a brigade. Um, and it, I play it very aggressively. And it, it's um, Katachans are ludicrously points efficient they're they're too cheap for what you get uh, to be blunt about it uh and then i have a cadian uh, battalion it's a artillery company the cadians kind of hold the backfield um put a lot of shot accurate shots down range and you know double shooting wyvern or basilisk is super good uh and then i have a uh, talarn battalion as well I, I changed my list a little bit and it's uh two tank commanders the talarn version is the best in my opinion 
and uh, three infantry squads and a company commander. So there's 120 uh, infantry models, uh, just infantry squad models. And there's a bunch of heavy weapon squads, tons of firepower, great board control, uh, lots of tricks that it can do. It's good at melee. I have th uh, two primary psychers and an astropath, so I have reasonable psychic defense, pretty good powers, um, all kinds of stuff, you know, all, lots of tricks that you can do with movement and uh, deployment shenanigans, and uh, it's good in every phase of the game. So I, I feel pretty confident that um, I'll keep my winning streak going at the, the Gentleman's wow. GT, but, you know, you never know. That's a really nasty list. Sorry, I was just coughing as Weird. soon as I opened my mouth. <laughs> um, anyways, um, do you think that do you think that it needs anything else um, to make it work, like a knight or something? Because we were talking about different options that your list had, uh, and I know you were thinking about going into like double wyvern or double basilisk, um, or do you think this is like the set in stone, like best guard list? Um, I, I would never be as audacious as to claim I wrote the best guard list. I think that's a bit silly, but um, I think it's a really good one. And based on all the reps I've been getting in, the real strengths of guard are the amazingly efficient uh, infantry squads um, and then the ability to really smash a unit that needs to be smashed. Uh, the tank commander with the relic battle cannon is the most fun model I've put on the table in ages, and it's extremely good. Um, you know, in a combination with that, like the, the artillery being super effective, the Bolgren being super effective, the Catachans being hyper efficient for what, for the points that they cost. I feel like you just have a lot of really, really powerful tools in your arsenal to win the mission and usually win the fight, but, um, you don't always have to win the punch out because you're almost always going to be winning the mission. Yep. Yeah. And tank commanders are, are nuts by the way. I, and I, I've, I imagine that they're going to be probably in like the top 10 most used HQ unit if they aren't already uh, by the end of the season. Um, uh, There's so much fun. Like you feel like you're playing a guard army when you put a tank on the table and then it's actually good, right? Like the, the especially the Talarn tank commander it is so freaking effective. The ability to shoot and then, like move out from cover, shoot accurately and then move back behind cover it's worth its weight. Yeah, not only that, but your heavy weapons, like your your heavy bolters and stuff, because a lot of people run the heavy bolter configuration, which is really good. Uh, they don't they good. don't hit on fours; they still hit on threes because of the Talarn Swift of the Wind um, regiment. So your, your heavy doesn't affect it on your vehicles when they move. Yeah, and then on top of that, you have the ability to outflank one of them, and I usually outflank the Punisher if I'm worried about it getting blown up. And you've got a unit coming on, especially if you give it the heavy stubber. It has 52 shots, what? and because of the <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, and because of the tank company um, stratagem, for one CP you can move full speed and still fire, double tap the turret, so you can outflank and shoot all 52 shots, hitting on threes, rerolling ones, or what I usually do is I come on, I blast something, and I pop smoke with the order. It's so effective, um, and you know if you're playing Talarn too, another trick that I would often do is you use the stratagem and Kurov's or a two socks dagger and you have a company commander, three veteran squads, all with plasma and that tank all come on together and they will clear a flank like by themselves. It's really, really effective. Yeah. And, and I think the most effective thing is that on top of all this, you have 
like a hundred plus bodies to deal with, or or you know, a couple. Tanks. No, it's one hundred and seventy-three models. So one hundred and fifty models, or whatever the models that aren't outflanking, <clears throat> that your opponent still has to chew through to get to objectives, and they have to deal with. So yeah, yeah, and the Cadians are really great for just taking up space in the backfield, denying places for people to outflank or deep strike or whatever. Um, and the Catachans can play aggressively in the Talarn units. You know, they're very mobile. But typically, they're going to be coming in from an angle where your opponent is weakest. Yeah. Yeah, so that's a really, really, really nasty list. Um, some notable players coming to the Gentleman's GT are uh, Frankie, obviously. Um, <clears throat> uh, Ray Aumada, who's probably going to be running his version of Eldar Flyers. Uh, ben Jurek, really good orc player with a really interesting orc list. Uh, Don Hussein, Daniel Olivas, and um, just one more. Andrew Ford is coming um, with his kind of probably Necron-themed Space Marines. Um, so there's, there's a lot of really good players and others I'm probably missing. Uh, are you guys worried about any lists in particular or any players in particular? Um, Brandon Grant is missing, so he won't be attending this event, although we did try and get him to come out. So Chapter Tactics 2020, higher production. Reese says he's afraid of no man, right? Just like the Ring Wraith <laughs> and Lord of the Rings. But that's when Danielle Jurek, Ben's wife, pulls off her helmet and says, I am no man. Because Reese Ooh. has to avenge his loss to her one year ago. At this uh -oh. She did beat me. Yeah, she did beat me. Seven Eldar <laughs> Flyers will do that. They're pretty good. <laughs> so he's going to go undefeated, top table, 5-0, and oh, round six. Helmet there, comes it's off. only five oh, rounds. Round but... five, helmet comes off and you lose. Jeff called it. We'll see. So, yeah. We'll, we'll see. And much like much like the Witch King, I'll shrivel into myself and disappear. In <laughs> no, uh, Frankie's bringing, you know, Frankie's been having a his, tougher his time in 8th edition, but he's really excited and, and globbing on to Gene Cult. And he's been... That list is so dirty. Yeah. Oh my goodness. The Southern California scene is, it's kind of like um, Pier 8 here in San Francisco. Like, there's a lot of seals. So just a... <laughs> huge amount of seals and sea lions and frankie's been going around and, and kind of uh, scalping them a little bit he's been he's been tapping some 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 domes so he's pretty excited about that he'll be trying it out there uh don's got to avenge himself a little bit i think the bao was interesting for him because he is also another guy that if you ask him what list he's worried about he kind of laughs and says no this list can lose to nothing and then it finds a way to lose to a couple of different lists um but i think he's gonna take something very similar yeah, and um, there, there's a lot of notable players um, from down here in the south. Like, uh, for example, uh, Ryan Mead isn't coming down. Uh, none of the Relentless D guys are coming down. Um, basically, most of the San Diego League. Uh, I don't see Junior, although is Junior coming? Junior's coming, okay, I, don't, yeah. I don't see his name on the list. And, and these are only we're only going by what we see on Register on Best Coast Pairings. Um, so I imagine there will be more people coming in attendance. <clears throat> um but yeah, if you're interested in checking out our lists, our lists are all available on Best Coast Pairings on the app. They're actually visible now. Wait, so are they? Go, yeah. Um, I was, yeah, they made oh, them cool. visible this afternoon. Yeah. So if you want to check out the lists, go to Best Coast Pairings, download the BCP Player app on your Android or Apple device, uh, and you can look at the lists with a subscription. So you can kind of make your predictions there. Um, it's it's a 100-person maximum GT. I, I don't it won't I won't be surprised if they hit at that hundred person GT. Although I imagine it'll probably be settle somewhere around eighty to seventy players. 
uh, which is still a really good, uh, G- really good major. So I'm really excited. I'll be bringing my reserve list, my reserve list, uh, which is basically 30 snipers in reserve with a knight gallant and um, all the artillery, and it, it just clears infantry really well. Um, to ask poor Frankie. Ah, yeah, didn't didn't Frankie win that I, game? I, I, so I think I won that game. I don't remember. It oh, was wow. really close. So I played I played Frankie and James back to back, and I I think both those games were decided by like a combined five points. Um, I I know the game with Frankie came down to the wire. I I think I won, but uh, you know I also played James and and I know James beat me by one point. So I feel like I won one of those games, but I don't really remember. We weren't we weren't really um playing to see who would win. We were just playing to try out the lists. And uh, there is, there's so much stuff that Gene Circle can do. Um, <clears throat> I wasn't a big fan of the Sanctus Sniper, but I don't have any Psychers in my list. So that's, that's yeah, why. Yeah, they're brutal. Brutal against Yeah, they're, they're absolutely great. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, I really like the way the addition's going with people's lists. Um, with the exception of Junior, who, who continues <laughs> to just run Knights. Um, everyone seems to be bringing a lot of really good Horde lists and a lot of really, a lot of really interesting lists that have a lot of, you know, interesting fighting points and stuff. I guess Jeff too. Jeff Jeff bring just just two tanks and, and a dreadnought and calls it a day. I just said I'm not. Else. Well, you know, recently, in in past recent memory, two but, tanks and just call a day. He says, Jiminy Christmas and a dreadnought. <laughs> I think that's. A, I don't even remember your list. Was it? Did didn't you do well with that list? I don't know. Anyways, well, just. Joking. You won't have to remember. You're going to see it every tournament. I went to the That's website true. because one of my Caladiuses doesn't have the right gun on it. And if I'm going to be making these top tables, Warden Reese informed me i got to get the right gun on there. But guess what's <laughs> fucking sold out on the website? Take Caladius. a guess. Yeah, they're super <laughs> duper duper popular. So what I'm going to do right now crazy. is because you can't you can't have the wrong guns, but you can customize. So I'm going to put, I'm going to 3D print penises uh, mm. And I'm going to have those as the guns. And then it'll be my dick cannons. Is what they'll be. There you go. That's a, that's a power move, it is. Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Would you say it's a firm stance? <laughs> hopefully. That would hopefully. be weird, right? And as, you get yeah, older, like a, as you get older, it's a little harder, you know? Just have like a pun, pun string on cheese it. As, as the actual cannon mm. gets warm there. Just kind of. There you go. <laughs> uh, anyways. <laughs> So, so that's it, guys. Uh, that's it for the episode. Were there, were there anything else you guys want to talk about? Any shout-outs to tournaments that you guys want to uh, relay to the listeners before we sign off? Just that it's insane. Uh, I think, um, I don't know if you guys talked about this last time, but like like I said, the LVO literally sold 800 tickets or whatever in 24 hours. Insane. And then the, uh, the SoCal is approaching 200. Ray's tournament's going to hit 100 or whatever that is, which is... Yeah, in the first year. The attendance right now is bonkers, and it's just, it's great to see. And there's a lot of guys traveling everywhere, too. There's some of the names we didn't mention because they're not they're not quite tournament winners just yet, but there's a lot of guys in my area that are going to the Gentleman's Tournament in Vegas as well because they're just hungry to go attend tournaments. And it's just yeah. really fun. Brian, Brian's been doing a lot of traveling. I've noticed. Yeah, yeah, Brian. He's been kicking ass. He's he's a very good player. I don't know if he I don't know if he traveled a lot in the past, but I'm just noticing um, a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. It's it's great. Uh, I love I love where forty k's headed. Um, an eight hundred person, you know, super tournament selling out in a day is is a great example of you know how healthy this tournament meta is or this tournament 
that's Communist. that was like two years ago. If you would have said an 800 person tournament was even possible, let alone that it would sell out in less than a day, I would have laughed at you. Yeah. And here we are, and it happened. And there's uh, like 200 people on the wait list. Like I think we're just shy of 200. So it's like the thousand, the, the mythical thousand person tournament could have happened this year if we just would have had and space. By the way, listeners, Reese is like a little terrain gremlin. So if if you bother him at midnight, <laughs> you know, send him snacks, feed him, compliment him on his supreme guard play, he will start popping out <laughs> terrain, and we might get that thousand person. GT, you know, I have wow. no promises, but but um, the terrain, the terrain, it, it will happen. <laughs> yes, that is. I am a terrain gremlin. That is true. The uh, the thousand person tournament is going to happen by next year, unless unless something catastrophic happens, like some crazy X factor that we can't uh, predict at this point in time. It, it's going to happen next year, um, and then you know who knows? Like, what maybe in the LVO twenty twenty three we have two thousand people. Like, who knows, right? It's it's crazy to think what is actually possible if the game continues on this positive track. That it's so on. cool. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, and then, it really um, is. <clears throat> yeah, and uh, so uh, that's it. I, I'm super excited for that. So let's go ahead and conclude the episode. So at the end of every episode, we like to give the patrons a little extra love, uh, and so we get them to a- ask us questions, and we answer them on the Facebook group, or we answer them on the podcast, but they ask the questions on the Facebook group, and we answer them at the end of every podcast. So the first one is, uh, apart from practice, 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 Mr. Caleb wants to know, is there anything special we do to prepare for tournaments? Uh, game aids, uh, counters, etc. And um, I'm, I'm going to go and answer that real quick. Um, when I get ready for a tournament, especially when I'm traveling, I lay everything out that I'm bringing to the tournament on a table, and like including clothes, like just, just everything laid out, and then I make sure everything's there that I need. Books, rules, all my models, everything. So I kind of like over-prepare. So that's Generally, how I prepare for tournaments is something that, um, you know, because I hate forgetting things. It can really ruin your experience if you forget, like, a tape measure or dice or something. So, anyways, um, is there anything you guys do to prepare for tournaments? Yeah, we've mm-hmm. talked about this a few times. One of the ones I would always reiterate is get your list in front of a lot of people, as many people <clears throat> as you possibly can. So, if you're listening to this, uh, there's the Patreon Facebook group for this very podcast. You can post to those people. It's very active. They have a Facebook chat that they all talk in. And I'm sure, I mean, they're Warhammer people, so they don't have much better things to do than to comment on some strangers' <laughs> list. So make sure and utilize that. For me personally, I throw it in front of my team. I send it to Frankie and Reese. I post it in my Discord. Like, I, I really, I, I've had the experience where in the past, um, I took second at a BAO and I was five points over because I didn't pay... This is 7th edition, the sergeant tax for one of my Skitari. And it's not mm. like a, you know, that's not me sneaking in points and be like, oh god, I'm going to win this way. Because that list actually summoned demons and was the war complication. So it was about 1,200 points over the limit, because that's just the way I ran. Um, <laughs> it was in a, a lot of people in 8th edition aren't going to They're not going to know what I'm talking about, but just trust me, it was a great time, 7th edition. Oh, um, man. So yeah. since then, I do this. I'll tell you, this, this list I just talked about, I actually had the contorted epitome and the supreme detachment, because in my mind that was totally fine. But it turns out it's a demon, and the other guys are heretic Astartes, and if I would have just taken that list and those models without having put it in front of people, I would have gone to the gentleman's tournament, had an illegal list. The second someone found it, I would have been bounced out of the tournament or had models pulled that would, you know, invalidate my list anyways. And it would just be a really shitty experience. So if you're traveling in particular, 
really make sure and put that in front of things. And, and a lot of times I hear people say stuff like, well, I don't have friends that I can show it to. Yes, you do. Facebook. Um, and if you don't, if you really don't have anyone, allow me. Okay. Abuse puppy just messaged me. Message Sean. He will look <laughs> over all of your guys' lists and make sure it's legal. And at least you have another pair of eyes on it. <laughs> um, and, and you really can go into the Chapter Taxes Patreon Club um, if you're listening to this uh, on Facebook. And, w- you know, we will look over lists and go over them. That patron did also find something wrong with my list. Turns out a Whirlwind Scorpius is not a heavy support option. It's an elite option. Um, huh. So I, I needed to add a, another elite choice to my illegal list uh, to make it legal. So Yeah. Always, there's always something. It's a very, very complicated game that we're playing. <clears throat> All right. Uh, so, uh, Tofu wants to know what type of Hawaiian candies he should bring to bribe us, Reese, uh, in case he's matched up to against one of us, Hamas. As is was the exact word, Hamas. I don't know what that means. Uh, Gentleman's GT. It's a. Is it slang? Is it like a howley? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Although we, we are, are how totally. <laughs> but uh, uh, that is not a alley, no. Um, uh, no. No candy for me. Uh, if, you, if you really want the shortcut to my heart, just give me a beer. Well, we, we should show up to Hawaii on the beach with uh, socks and sandals, jean shorts, and uh, wife beaters. Just Sean, Sean, you and I. Just we'll just walk it. along, you know, walk into the tournament like that. It'll be great. Uh, uh, Mackie wants to know if we have any plans for a Cana- uh, attending Canadian tournaments in 2020, um, specifically West Coast Canadian tournaments. Uh, yeah, I, I really want to get, you know, uh, Jeff, Sean, and myself out to tournaments in Canada, just so Val and Peter aren't the only ones traveling, you know, across country or to different countries. Um, <clears throat> so I'd definitely like to do that in 2020, especially as the Patreon ramps up. Um, do you guys have any plans to attend Canadian tournaments next year? Or at all? Um, I I don't have any specifically Canadian tournaments on my docket, um, and that's not like a put down on on Canadian events. There's some really really good ones to be had. I just uh, this year especially, where like you said, we're traveling to so many events that I'm I'm actually trying to cut back a little bit because it's starting to hurt yield budget a bit. Yeah. And I, I want to just enjoy some time here at home a little bit because, I mean, we're gone two weekends out of the month or three every month for the whole summer. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a lot of traveling. Um, <clears throat> Jeff, do you, do you have any plans for Canadian tournaments? I hear nothing but good stuff about the Wet Coast GT and some of those tournaments, and I definitely want to go. It just... My schedule, obviously, my job has me traveling a lot, so there's just a lot of tournaments that just kind of unfortunately land on a gig. I'm actually foregoing a very big StarCraft event to do the ATC this year, but it was just such a fun time that I just have to do it. Mm. Um, so I'll try. I mean, that's the thing. It's it's just if I can or not. Yep. <clears throat> uh, Tim wants to know, how much influence do the Vigilist books have on lists when you're running and building them? Um, and, and I just want to say before you two answer, uh, I a lot. Like I, it starts off when I build most lists. I think about what I can run from the, either of those books, or specifically Vigilist Defiant. Yeah, I mean, my list, all three detachments in my list are a different detachment from the book. <laughs> so yeah, definitely. Yeah, you just—it's a great book, and if your if your army has a detachment in there, chances are there's some use from it. So I don't necessarily build lists <clears throat> around it, um, but I know people that do, and you know, I, I'm. 
if you see three Lord Discordants, they're probably in the Soulforge pack because it's just so fantastic. So sure. Yeah, and and one thing I really like about them is is they are good. They bring a lot to the game. Um, but I don't feel like armies that don't have Vigilist detachments are completely out of it. So it's not like like in seventh edition when you had like the the um, chaos and versus space wolves. I don't know if you guys remember that when Magnus came out, chaos just got all this good stuff, and and they were just became an even more of a powerhouse than they already were. Um, and the same thing with Inari when the Triumvirate book came out. Right. Um, <clears throat> I, I feel like like obviously like Tau, um, orcs. You know they they still. I think Dark Eldar have a detachment, but I don't think it's very good. Um, or maybe I'm crazy. Uh, but I feel like Dark Eldar, Tau, orcs, and a lot of the other armies still have a a good chance at doing well without the Vigilist books, which is I think where campaign books need to be. Absolutely, they did a really. I mean, you have to pay for them, so you have to pay for the detachment. And then the abilities that come inside the detachment, you also have to pay for. So there is a really good balance of, yes, it's strong, but you have to pay for it. So it does kind of deplete your resources elsewhere. Um, whereas in 7th edition, there was just some detachments that came with kind of passive benefits that you would just take and then other people didn't have. So it felt kind of like the haves and the have-nots, right? And, yeah. it was, and that still exists to a certain extent here, but... It's more balanced, and you don't see as much complaining about it because it's not like it's so head and shoulders better than everything else. Yeah, you don't get a free Riptide anymore for buying a book. Riptide wing, sorry, free Riptide wing formation. Yeah, it's unlike the formations of seventh edition, which were a bat. Like they, we actually all liked them at first because they added a lot of flavor and made bad units good. And then the game just it, it just spiraled into like craziness. So instead of giving you stuff, you have to like Jeff said, you have to pay for it so there's an opportunity cost involved and it's it's pay to play right like you have to spend resources to get the benefit it doesn't just passively give it to you in most cases so i, I think that they're right. great they're flavorful and they add a lot of positive stuff to the game this is like formations <clears throat> done correctly yeah yeah um, all right, uh, patron Chris wants to wants some of our predictions, some bold predictions for summer GTs and summer tournaments from each of the guests. So Reese and Jeff, one bold prediction for any summer tournament. Ooh, Ooh. Reese already oh, made like his bold what? prediction for BAO, like right? They're gonna happen. Or? Yeah, bold prediction. Uh, I think Don doesn't win another prediction? tournament this summer. Don Houston. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he'll do well. He'll get second, third place. But I, I think in terms of the summer, which ends in September, late, early September, I think Don doesn't win one. And I think we're going to be like, <gasps> does he still got it? And obviously wow. he still does. He's a really good player. But, um, you know, sometimes, you know, top players, they, they do really well and they're consistent. But, you know, the elusive first place eludes them. So that's my bold prediction. My bold prediction? I predict I'll win another one this uh <laughs> This summer. That's my bold. That's a bold like prediction, it. right? I'm being bold. <laughs> I, like that. I like it. I don't know. Bold prediction. Um... Doesn't have to be that bold, Jeff. You're already a bold guy. Jim Vessel doesn't win another big tournament. Ooh, Jim Vessel. It seems Ooh. so mean, though. Why are we doing this? I, I mean, you wanted the. <laughs> well, it doesn't have to. It doesn't have to be a, a negative one. Yeah, but the positive <laughs> ones are weird too. It's like. Uh. Yeah, we're just trying to create more drama for Sean and Jeff tea time drama. That's right. About. I'm trying yeah. to drum up drama. For you, you need to do that. You need to do that show with Tasty. Ooh, yeah. There you go. No, I don't know. I I think I we kind of talked about this in the episode, but I, I like where Warhammer's going, and I love 
that every weekend I just kind of check BCP and see these tournaments. And there's a lot of names I recognize attending these like travel tournaments. And it's just really cool. Um, I don't want to say, here's what I want to say. And this is not, this is less bold, but I actually think Jim's a fantastic player. And I think it's cool that he's having a tougher time other than the domination he had. And part of the reason he's having a tougher time, by the way, is because everyone's copying his list. So that people are practicing against yeah, what he plays. Yeah. And that, that's, that's like the people are getting reps. byproduct of being successful in Warhammers. Uh, <clears throat> well, now. Yeah, you're seeing yeah. that that list is all over the place. And it's going to happen to me, too. Like I like I said, the Caladius and the Telemann are both fucking sold out on the Forge World website. And Surprise. All the Facebook groups are like, hey, I've been running three Caladiuses. It's pretty good. It's like, yeah, okay. It's, it's going to be everywhere, so people are going to know how to handle it. Yeah, and and I will. Yeah, it's it's definitely, it's definitely more of a thing now than it's ever been. At the RTT I was at yesterday, I could I would say twenty five percent of the field, I saw whose list they were playing. Yeah. I was like, "There's Brandon Grant's list. <laughs> There's, yeah. you know what I mean." Yeah. So, yeah, and it's it's becoming more and more that way. Or like, I, all the time, as far away as Australia, people are saying like, "Oh, I'm playing a non-avadi list oh, or yeah. something like that." Yeah, it's so great. It's definitely become a thing. Yeah. <clears throat> um, what, one th- how about how about this? Uh, I'm sorry, Pablo. Do you want, do you yeah, want to throw a, a fun one out? What What do you guys think is your bold prediction for how many active participants we have in oh, the geez. ITC this year? Because we've we've hit a ludicrous level of oh, growth. So we had twelve thousand people last year. Oh my gosh. Oh, we'll we'll probably because the first time I tracked this, we were at four thousand people, and I remember in Frontline when we found out, we were like cheering, we bust out the champagne, like oh. 4,000 participants. Uh, and we used to talk about when there was 300. That was years that was, ago. Yeah, this was when yeah. I first started. Um, and then, you know, last year we, we hit five digits, and uh, which is crazy. So I don't know. I mean, I don't think like 20,000 is out of the realm of possibility um, for the year. That's, you know, it that the rate that tournaments are growing. And, you know, it, with BCP doing such a great job uh, promoting 40K tournaments um, and, and the ITC, um, I think 20,000 people is like, I would be surprised if we didn't come close to that. So that'd be pretty cool. I, you guys are the number of people with this. I'm just uh, astounded by how awesome it is. But I'll just tell you as the guy that's outside the company, you can feel the effect and it's really cool and it's really fun. Like um, the amount of people that reach out and talk to me after the, the BAO win and stuff like that, the amount of coverage, the podcasts, the websites, the Facebook groups, it's the media that's around our game and the amount of places you can go to talk about what's happening in the tournament scene in particular is really, really fun and it's intoxicating. So uh, you can, you can feel the base of people because it, it, it's also at that point in time where like Jim Vessel was playing last year, right? And he was a good player last year, but this year his results have put him in a different category. And it's been really fun to see the effect that that's had and how people, you know, we're talking about people buying lists and stuff like that, but also he's a household name now that he's mentioned amongst people and stuff like that. And, even like Don Houston who won the BAO last year, he is also a household name. But it's not just that he won that, it's how he did it, right? It's like with a weird Nurgle vehicle list that he's still kind of iterating off of to this year. So all that stuff just makes for a really fun scene. I don't know if it's a household name. Yeah. Painting table name? The 40k equivalent of a household? An FLGS name? I don't know. Household names like... It's just, it's neat. Good. Yeah, I mean, he's not Kobe Bryant or anything, but... <laughs> wow. Uh, it's it's neat it's neat to see how far we've come in a relatively short period of time. Yeah, um, and you're seeing it too. You're seeing that people are starting to smell which way the wind is blowing, 
And you've got all kinds of people trying to get involved um, that, you know, two years ago may, may not have even considered it. You know, the, you got people trying to enter the game now um, because they see the, the momentum, the popularity, and, and how big of a, a, a base of people are really interested in this. So it's super cool. And I think as the momentum builds and more and more people get involved, that the, the sky really is the limit. You know, <clears throat> the, the ideas we had that we used to think were like pipe dream stuff, are, they're, they're starting to become yeah. real. Um, so uh, two more quick questions and then we'll sign off. So Brett wants to know, um, are there any units that we haven't quite seen yet or found or that weren't found by the community at large? I'm going to add on to this question because it is a very open-ended question. Uh, do you think there are any units, period, that haven't been covered that, that um people haven't found yet like i know there's a lot of units in 40k but i think we've pretty much covered most of the really good ones um in tournament coverage but is there any that maybe you guys have noticed that people aren't using or aren't on people's radar i well barrison's really excited about this question um <laughs> as i said earlier it's going to be the contorted epitome it's gonna it's going to absolutely be a shoe it's gonna be in every single demon list you'll ever see it's uh-huh. it's an aura of you cannot leave combat with fly or without unless you can pass a 3d6 leadership. That is insane. The, and I think people like can kind of grasp that, but until they see the different ways it can be used and the different strengths it has, it's character. It has eight. It's got, I think it's eight attacks. I have to go over its stat sheet really carefully and practice it, of course, but it's, it's like, it's a ridiculously powerful thing. It can take the gem so now it's shutting down a character for one turn as well, and that character's auras. Um, there's just insane, insane stuff with that, and you're not seeing it in lists right now, and that's partly because it's brand new, but I really think you're going to be seeing a lot of it. Mm, don't sleep on the contorted epitome. Uh, Reese? No. All right. <clears throat> and then finally, <laughs> finally, the last question. Uh, oh, Sorry, I'm sorry, my uh, audio cut out there. What, what was the question? Oh, is there any is there any off the radar lists that in this era of 40k tournament coverage that people still aren't fighting or off the radar units? Sorry, that in this era people still aren't finding or, or haven't found yet. Oh, there's there's so many good units that people aren't utilizing, um, and I, I'm I get kind of made fun of for banging this drum all the time. I'm like like all these units are good, and there's some there's some truth to that, but. The fact of the matter is, is that there are so many gems that have not even been discovered yet. Like we were talking about Devastator Centurions earlier, and I, most people would roll their eyes. Wouldn't even, wouldn't even. They, they would just pass that page in their codex without even looking twice at it. But like when Dawn won the BAO last year with ten um, Nurgle Terminators, all of a sudden everyone's mind was open, and now we're seeing people do it. That's it's normal now. So yeah, there's dozens if not a hundred amazing units out there that just haven't been touched yet. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, Ben wants to know, are Grot spam lists viable or inevitable? It's coming. And they're already a, a thing. Well, the shift in the orc meta after uh, the, the nerf to the loot bomb, uh, what we're seeing is a lot of scar boys. And it's funny because that's what I was playing right out the gates. I, they're so good. Uh, and Storm Boys are still really popular, but Grots are one of the most commonly taken models in the game, actually. Um, uh, and, and for a while, I think there was they outnumbered Orc Boys significantly. But uh, but yeah, I, I think it's it's not the future. I think it's the present. All right, so that's it, guys. Thank you so much for asking those questions. Keep them coming every episode. We I, I love answering them. 
and then of course check out sign up for patreon go to patreon.com slash chapter tactics if you like what we do if you want to support the podcast um we appreciate everyone supporting us you can sign up go into that facebook group ask us a bunch of questions bug us uh and just have a good time um once again thank you for our sponsors uh the throne of war gt boise cup and frontline gaming are there any plugs you guys would either of you would like to plug before the end of the episode um just real quick, I just stream Warhammer games on InControl TV on Twitch. Uh, I do it just about every Tuesday, but I don't have one of my shows this Wednesday, so I'll be doing it there too. And just a good place for people to ask questions, hang out, and watch some Warhammer. It's about 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, but if you sub to the channel, you can watch VODs, or if you wait, it goes up on my YouTube, which is also InControl TV. Right on. And you can check Reese out on Signals from the Frontline. With a salty banana. Hey, hey, I love what? And the banana. The salty banana. Every 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time for the live show. And then you can catch the uh, rebroadcast on YouTube, iTunes, Pandora, or I think that's all of them. Yeah. All right. And then since Sean's not here, check him out, Shaylin and Josh, on In the Finest Hour on FrontlineGaming.org and anywhere you can find podcasts. So that's it. Thank you guys very much for listening. You're the best listeners in the world. And have a good one. <laughs>